0: To our Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them, and what tips they have for girls of my age. Today, my guest is Rosie Nixon, who is the editor in chief at Hello Magazine. She is also the author of The Stylist, Amber Green Takes Manhattan and just between friends, and be kind. Thanks for joining me today, Rosie. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to Hello Magazine?
1: Sure. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast, Grace. Um, Well, yeah, I've been at Hello Magazine for 14 years now, which is a very long time, and maybe as old as you are. Um, (laughs) So that makes me pretty ancient here. Um, But I've had a long career in women's glossy magazines. My first job was actually editing a magazine called Barbie about a certain Barbie doll. Um, I ran that magazine um, a long time ago, along with the designer, um, and it actually taught me lots about the editorial process, and I had quite fun uh, writing stories about Barbie and trying to make her more feminist than her image at the time, Um, and then I've kind of worked my way up in age on magazines. I worked at Bliss Magazine, which is a teenage girl's mag. Um, that you might know, um, and I have then worked at a number of glossy magazines, including Glamour and Red magazine and Grazia, and then finally to Hello, where I sort of found my spiritual home because I've been here for so long. Um, but initially, actually, I got my first break in the media world after graduating from university um, and getting work experience in a book publishers in Brighton. Yeah. Um, so I, I worked there unpaid for an amount of time and then I managed to apply for the job of editorial assistant when that became vacant and then I sort of worked my way up initially in children's books and then made a segue across to magazines, hence the move from children's books into Barbie magazine because I was very yeah. familiar with that kids world. So I've really worked my way up from the bottom.
0: Well, when you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be, or does that happen maybe more later in life? Um, I was always interested
1: in writing, and yeah, my mum would definitely say that I was always a kind of a letter writer when I was younger, and I was fairly interested in magazines. I'd get smash hits, which was a music magazine delivered to the house. Um, And often I would cut out the song words from the magazine, from the pop songs, and refashion them into my own title at home. So I was sort of interested in, although I didn't realise at the time, in a sort of journalistic kind of quality and putting together layouts and quite a visual person too. Um, So the writing was definitely a big interest of mine, but it was only really that I started to think about journalism when I went to university.
0: Well, I know that you went to Sussex University, but how important do you think it actually is to go to university? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I think it's obviously been becoming quite hard to go to university for some because it is a very big financial outlay. Um, I think it's an amazing thing to do if you do have that opportunity because it does help to broaden your horizons, to expose you to a number of ideas and subjects and people and ideas of what you might want to do afterwards because I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I nearly did a degree in archaeology when I went to university so I really loved history as a subject. And it was actually while I was at uni that I had that time to really kind of discover what really excited me and started to think about um, journalism being a really interesting and viable career path for me. Um, So I think it can bide you a bit of time to discover what you want to do, but also the, the social skills that you get from being at uni, you know, being thrown together with a group of people, Um, are all skills that are really essential and will set you up well for working life.
0: Yeah. So over your 14 years and present that you've been at Hello magazine, has there been a story or article that you have covered that you really enjoyed especially or you were interested in?
1: Mm. Well, I love it when I get to interview people still at Hello because in my role... I'm much more on the managerial side now, and I do miss that being a journalist and going out and getting a really good scoop and doing a brilliant interview with somebody. So I always leap at the opportunity, if there is one, to interview somebody. Um, I spoke to the Duchess of York, uh, Sarah Ferguson, for a cover feature recently, which I really enjoyed. Um, And it's always very exciting as a journalist when somebody really opens up to you and perhaps talks to you about an area of life that they've not discussed publicly before. And at Hello, we do spend a lot of time building up those kind of trusted relationships with people in the public eye so that they do feel comfortable to then, you know, open up and give you a very sort of deep interview. Because we know that that resonates with our audience and they love to to read you know that kind of copy but of course weddings are always amazing for hello I've been to lots of showbiz weddings that are always great fun um, and the royals we cover so many big historic royal events so we're gearing up for the platinum jubilee at the moment and covering a royal wedding is always a very exciting day in the hello office because there's so much to put together on the page you know that hasn't happened yet covering a live event so yeah. that's, that's always good.
0: Well, you just mentioned that you've been to lots of, like, quite glamorous events. Can you maybe name a couple? Yeah. Um,
1: Well, gosh, wedding-wise, what stands out? Um, I've talked in the past about the interview I did with Robbie Williams and Ida Field just before their wedding out in Los Angeles, when I went and interviewed them in their house while the wedding was being set up in the garden below in their Hollywood sort of mansion. And that was really exciting. Just to be in that personal moment with a couple, you know, about to have a huge life event is a real um, honour and a responsibility that I don't take lightly. Um, I've covered lots of big awards ceremonies and events over the years. I'll be the Oscars a number of times. It's always very exciting to be on a red carpet for a huge global event. Um, yeah, and... Um, Gosh, so many weddings and always a destination wedding is, is good fun. I remember when Martine McCutcheon got married in Lake Como in a beautiful setting and we went out there. Um, that was really memorable as well. Um, yeah.
0: Well, it definitely sounds like quite a fun and energetic place to work
1: well it is yeah it is great fun i mean those weddings are few and far between though it's not like i'm jetting off around the world every week unfortunately <laughs> um that isn't the case um but certainly yeah the fact that we bring our audience close to the lives of the rich and the famous and the fabulous is a, is a really great thing and something we're really proud of at hello and does offer up some exciting opportunities at times when we can manage to escape the office <laughs>
0: So obviously we have all been hit by COVID with things just beginning to feel normal again. But how have you had to deal with the COVID-19 issues both personally and professionally?
1: Um... Well, obviously, it's been really challenging, like it has for everybody. And I think sort of tackling professionally to start with, um, we made a decision very early on that we were going to keep putting the magazine out every week, even though we were all working from our homes. And our IT department did an amazing job of getting us all set up at home so that we could be connected and creating our stories um, every day. And um, we decided that actually we felt we had an important role to play for our audience during the pandemic because we were being bombarded with very scary news, you know, shocking statistics every day and scenes that were really difficult to watch. And people were dealing with a lot of hardship within their own lives. So we felt that we had a responsibility to deliver some good news to our audience and to help transport them away from a lot of the stresses that they were feeling. So we put a focus on that on our pages and we reinvented the magazine and our content online to be something really useful to our audience,
0: yes, um, yes.
1: things that they could do to help uplift them, to cook nutritious meals, you know, to we put, introduce short stories to the magazine because they might have, might have more time at home if they've been furloughed or, you know, having spending more time in the house when we were in, in lockdown. Um, and we introduced a good news strand where we focused on really good news that was coming out from around the world. Because I think sometimes when there is so much fear and challenge in the wider world, sometimes it is nice to have a focus and remember that actually there is good happening as well to help keep you in a positive frame of mind, which is so essential for our mental health and coping with, with, with the pandemic.
0: So I know you have written four books, that's really cool, but what inspired <laughs> you to write the first one and, and then carry on to write the next and the next and the next? Yeah, well as
1: I said to you, I really am um, a writer at heart and I absolutely love it and it really excites me and it's something that I'm p- very passionate about. And I get to do a lot less writing in my day day-to-day job at the moment. Um, So, I decided to start writing about a subject that I knew quite well. Um, So, my first novel is called The Stylist and it's set in the fashion world between London and Los Angeles during award season, which is when all the big awards ceremonies take place, like the Baptists and the Oscars. And it's about a girl from London who gets a job assisting a big super stylist during the roller coaster of award season. So it's about what goes on behind the scenes and getting those amazing gowns on the stars and how the stylist is actually so integral to that and gets quite embroiled in the lives of the people that she's dressing. And there's a love story in it and a comedy. And I was really influenced by a lot of my experience in journalism up to that point, having covered these events. I remember once for Grazia magazine, I was on an assignment to trail Mr. Armani, Giorgio Armani, the designer, in his atelier, which he sets up in Los Angeles just before the Oscars to dress all the stars. And all the big names were coming in to have their final fittings with him. And there was a lot of discussion and, you know, last minute changes and things. And I just thought, this is really fascinating. You know, I had access to a world that I found fascinating and thought maybe an, an audience out there would too. So I found when I started writing that, I'd already done a lot of the research, actually. And, and I really loved my ca- character, Amber Green, and perhaps there was quite a bit of me in her too. So I couldn't wait to sit down and write it. And I think when you're really passionate about something, you just can't think of anything else and you really want to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. well it definitely sounds like a really good book i might have to search up later and maybe read it oh,
1: i hope you enjoy it yeah thank be-
0: you. <laughs> so when we look about how the world is changing i have to say it's changing so much and so quickly but mm. what do you think work for women might look like in 10 years time or what do you hope work for women might look like
1: Well, I really hope that we have an opportunity to sort of redesign the workplace for women. Um, Because something so big has happened, you know, let's not just go back to how things were pre-COVID. Let's really spend some time kind of having a different conversation, reinventing the way that we work. Um, Because I think the workplace wasn't really built for women and not built for mothers in lots of ways. Um, with the inflexibility of being in an office sort of nine to five, five days a week. doesn't really work with our lifestyles. And it felt that really technology as well wasn't in tune with the workplace. Look, at us now talking on a video call. It seems crazy that we had this tech at our disposable, but we weren't using it properly in the workplace. So I think we've got an opportunity to do things differently. um, And I really hope that, you know, that leads to more equality in the workplace for women especially
0: definitely so over the lockdown period you must have been very very busy still editing your magazine still writing articles but has there been a hobby or maybe two hobbies that you like to do to just relax and (laughs) take some time for yourself
1: Well, getting outside to me is something so important to me, and I do love running and exercise and keeping fit, because I know that keeping fit makes me happy, it really does affect my mood. So I started running quite a lot um, during lockdown as a means to sort of get out, clear my head, and I often find that ideas come to me when I'm running as well. If I'm not listening to some loud music or a podcast or something, um, then it's a chance to think. Um, so I would say that is quite a healthy hobby that I've taken up. I have two young boys who are kind of endlessly wanting to get out and about as well so we went on lots of cycle rides together, which I really enjoyed and i don't think I've been on my bike for quite a while, and so I'm trying to keep that up yeah um and really, writing is my hobby, and I did write that my book Be Kind um as a result of lockdown as well and um I wanted to find a place to put all the words of kindness that I was seeing across social media at that time in one place so that we could refer to them and be inspired by them going forward.
0: Yeah. So, finally, what tips would you give girls when they start to think about their own careers and their own futures?
1: Mm. I would think keep an an open mind, because your mind will change, and that's okay. As I say, you know, I did want to be an archaeologist at one point, went down a completely different route, Um, and talk to people, engage with um, people that are are already working, adults, you know, and have conversations, and really use your network as much as you can, because I really am a believer that it's as much who you know as what you know. Um, Yeah. So keep an open mind, but don't be afraid of your own voice. Use your own experience. We've all got a story to tell. You know, I wrote my first novel based on my own experiences. So be proud of your own voice and start there. Yeah, Um, yeah, maybe that's sort of defining, writing a blog or kind of defining what you are sort of um, by, yeah, just for yourself. Um, But be proud of who you are and be brave. Be brave and fearless.
0: Well, I really enjoyed chatting with you today, Rosie. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own careers. I hope keep, so. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. For more information about us, visit ReachNextGeneration.com. And thank you to Levi Strauss, Ideal Standard, Sage PLC, and Haynes Watts for their fantastic support.